This is Killing the Business Wrestling Podcast, and we are on the air with the 60-minute time limit. The man in charge of this episode is your host, the king of New England, the father of champions, and your interim intercontinental champion, Sick Vic. Growing up, I've always had a fascination with referees. My favorite referee of all time, this is going way back, is referee Tommy Young in the NWA days. And ever since then, I've always just been interested about the referee part of the wrestling show. So today I went out and found Robin Head. She is a female re referee in what promotion again? Um, I work for multiple promotions, just about every promotion in Oklahoma, along with a couple in Kansas and a couple in Texas as well. Because you're right, because sometimes it's like old school mate, I'm trying to show my age, will say like, what promotion do you go? And it's like WCW, WWF. But these days you can go so many different promotions and experience so many like, I guess, different like backgrounds and formulas of how each promotion ticks. Yeah, definitely for sure. There's definitely just like regions of small promotions just popping up everywhere, like indie wrestling nowadays. And eventually I'll hopefully work for just like AEW or WWE, but right now it's more, um, I can name off 10 promotions that I've worked for this past year. So if you could describe your referee career in one word, what would it be? Um, I don't know, short? Short. <laughs> I still Just comparatively, because I've only been, uh, I started training as a wrestler back in April of last year and started refereeing in July of last year. Why'd so you... it's really only been about six months. Um, and I've gotten to do a lot of really cool things and go a lot of cool places and do a lot of cool like training and seminars. But overall, it's been a really short time period to be able to have done and achieved so much. Because I've seen a couple of your Facebook posts and you talk and you like have championship belts, you know, and I was like, hey, you, you seem like a vet in the ring, not yeah. just wrestling brand new. Yeah, I am extremely new and green, but this past weekend, I worked a show in Kansas, my first ever Kansas show, and I had three championship matches, including the main event, which was a really cool and fun experience. Um, so, so being a female referee, though, how does the crowd usually, you know, receive that? Because people can be so judgmental these days. <laughs> um, overall, crowds are pretty positive. Um, I think just, especially here in Oklahoma, being the only female referee it kind of takes them off guard at first when I walk out but then after that they're very supportive until I make calls that they don't like and then they shit talk me just like they would any other ref so you'd mentioned that you were trained to be a ref wrestler and then you became a referee is that part of the progress you know you must you know get some ring time in as a referee or was it your choice or how did that come about? 
You definitely don't have to. It was my choice because I, before starting wrestling, I was extremely shy and very uncomfortable speaking to anyone. I always chose jobs that I could work alone with like headphones in and not make eye contact with anyone ever. And then getting into wrestling training, I realized that's just not going to work in this business and I'm going to have to be more open and like branch out and like be more interactive, especially with like a crowd of people. So I became a ref to just build my self-confidence, honestly. And then it started going really well. So I've been uh, debating it a lot recently, whether or not I even want to wrestle or if I want to continue this path of being a referee. Just a little secret to what you what you're in. Even if someone seems confident talking to people, they're not. <laughs> they're not. I mean, for example, I've done almost 130 episodes, and to this day, I get like the final like five minutes before, and it's just like the nerves. Always get the nerves. <laughs> I guess that shows you care if you have the nerves. Yeah, for sure. I still get them like now going out refereeing. But I've done enough matches that I feel more comfortable that I just like walk out confident confidently and in myself. And I've I, a show I did a couple weeks ago, like when I came out, I got cheers, which had never happened before. Um, it helped that my sister and husband were in the crowd, so they were cheering the loudest and made other people cheer along with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if that would have happened to me six months ago, I would have like just like covered my face and walked out. So it sounds like you had made a lot of like leaps and bounds between now and six months ago with your self-confidence and be able to face everybody. Oh, I, yeah, definitely. I am a completely different person than I was six months ago. I didn't really even have like a social media at all, like six months to a year ago. And you probably went on social media, but like, what the heck's this crap? it's still social media to me honestly feels like work like it feels like a job having to post things and like share things and like interact with people i hear you because you have to be especially in the wrestling business you have to be known by at least some some people (laughs) you have to like you know i gotta say hi to everybody hi everybody and it's like (laughs) something like that so I hear you're into Legos big time. Um, yeah, I definitely just built the Millennium Falcon. Um, me and my husband built it together. It took us about 20 hours. We took 20 um, which hours. Is, what did you say? Hours, that's Yeah, it was only 20 hours. We went ahead and timed it because we were curious. Um, we never built anything this big and I had been sick and I had been waiting on my COVID test results back, which were negative. So I was fine, but we're like, Hey, we're going to quarantine just in case. So we might as well, like if we're stuck home all weekend, we might as well build this giant Lego. So we added that to our collection. Was it like a solid straight 20 hours, like tagging in and out? Or was it just, I get a timer going like, okay, that's it for now. Um, we had a timer going we we averaged about like 
six hours per like building session mm -hmm. and then we'll take a break eat like do whatever and then come back to building have a cocktail while you do it yeah for sure okay okay <laughs> ask that question so with what do you think um since you said mentioned before you you're a referee in the wrestling business but you're not as that much of a fan like you've seen it you know it but not like you can't tell me who made okay. it <laughs> the type thing so here's the thing i am a wrestling fan of aw i started watching it in 2020 before that, I wasn't really that much of a fan. I had seen some things like um, the stuff like Matt and Jeff Hardy recorded from their like compound. And I'd seen a little bit of like Bray Wyatt and Brian Danielson. But that was really it. Like I had never seen a full episode of like SmackDown or NXT or anything like that. If you were seen a full episode of SmackDown or NXT these days, you would just not be a wrestling fan. But that's <laughs> not pretty bad. So, so if, since you know that your wrestling knowledge isn't that you know heavy, how do you like survive to be a person in the wrestling world? <laughs> um, I don't know. I. Uh... Definitely watch a lot more now. Um, I watch it and like study it more or less, like homework rather than like just being a fan and enjoying it. Um, so I really just kind of rely on my like two years of what I've seen and uh, relying on my husband to fill in the like gaps for me. Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of an age difference of us. He's a few years older than I am along with he's been a wrestling fan his entire life. So he kind of knows like every wrestling reference that anyone makes he gets and is constantly filling me in on things so that when conversations happen, he can like fill me in. Or if I have a really weird, like gimmicky kind of match, like he can text me and explain the rules to me before I have to go out there and call it. Well, first of all, I want to say age is just a number. My wife, <laughs> my wife's fifteen years younger than I am. So wow. So that was so that's she was eighteen and I was thirty three when we first met. But that's so the, the whole age it's it's just a number. As long as you guys are happy, mm -hmm. you just be happy. That's all that matters. Yeah, definitely. Um, honestly, like uh, we didn't meet until I was like twenty three, twenty four. So age was never really like a thing. Because it wasn't that like eighteen situation. Yeah, I was going to Vegas every year, just partying up with my uncle, and didn't expect to fall in love. There, there with the Vegas trips, but that's <laughs> so pretty much. So your husband pretty much like gives you the cliff notes, so to speak, of what's going on, and you just go out there and rock it. <laughs> Basically, that, and he makes me watch a lot of like old matches to help like try to catch me up to where I should be, like where everyone else kind of understands. But I don't know, at the same time for me, it, a lot not being this like lifelong wrestling fan allows me the opportunity to look at wrestling differently and treat it as a different kind of art form. 
because I don't fall into like the same categories that like everyone that we've already seen like a million times that everyone tries to replicate. Um, so honestly, I think it allows me to be more creative within the sport because I don't see the same like five moves that everyone does. Yeah, the only moves I've seen that's different that has not used time and time again, I had to go in like across the sea and yeah. found like two cool moves that was really cool. And I was like, watch America get a hit with this and it'll be everywhere you turn around. Because <laughs> yeah, they, they kind of overplayed uh, the moves, don't they? Like the RKO used to be the finisher and that's it. Now it's like a cutter for setup for everything else. Mm -hmm. But it's, uh, it does take away the magic of the move, doesn't it? If, the, if everyone uses it. Yeah, I agree. Um, like, or not even just the same like moves, the same character. Everyone wants to fall into either like the Undertaker or uh, uh, sorry, I'm blanking on what I was gonna say. Like, like Brock Lesnar or something like that. Like they all want to fall into like, oh, I'm like this guy, especially in the Indies, because trying to your character is what gets you over in the Indies. And so many wrestlers want their character to be like, well, I'm this one big really famous guy, but like that doesn't work. And me not knowing those stereotypes allows me to like look at it differently and just create something completely different within it um, as far as like wanting to wrestle and creating my movesets, stuff like that. What's being, the, oops, sorry. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I was gonna say, and then like being a ref, um, I go back and watch like older refereeing styles along with newer ones um, to try to just kind of meld and like figure out like how I want to represent in the ring. And watching the older ones with the rules being different definitely makes it harder to how you want to present yourself now. Yeah, but the old school rules are the classics. <laughs> They're definitely the classics, but um, watching it as a fan, um, try, like one day just sit down and watch a couple of matches, but only watch the rough. Don't watch the wrestlers. And you'll start to notice like everyone has a different personality like within them, even though like they're literally just calling the rules. Yeah, you're right. Because I'm one of those, I'm one of those <laughs> that have just watched the referee, just like paid attention. <laughs> so if I see something on WWE and the referee like stumbles or whatever, I'm the um, loud mouth that goes, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I know some of the, some, I know the X's and stuff like that, so, but not, but it has the wrestling, has the wrestling world, like, really, like, open your eyes when you actually work for them, not watching on TV, like, once you see how everything has gone behind the curtains and how the magic's done behind the show, <laughs> has it changed your opinion? It has changed my opinion some. It's made me fall even more in love with wrestling and respect the amount of work and time that people are putting into it, especially people at small companies who aren't like 
bringing home a big paycheck. They may get paid like 10 bucks to put their life on the line to like entertain like a crowd. But when the crowd's really into it, they come back and like their entire like feeling is like they just like won a million dollars, even though um, they're gonna get paid like 10 bucks and go home. But they made enough people happy in that room that that like made their entire week. So watching it now, whether I try to watch it on TV or if I'm in the ring or just watching it from the crowd, I really respect the amount of time and work that put into that 10 minute match. I tell people time and time again, if you can, you have to see an indie show. Not just you know, because WWE will show like angles about you know, family oriented, you know, look, you see, <laughs> it's all nice. The referee, the referee gets hit through the chair. Referee's fine, don't worry about it. But if you go to a show, like an independent show, and you see everything, you see how the ring is like shaking, shit like that, you have more respect for the wrestlers and everyone there. Absolutely. I think watching it on TV now, it just seems more, especially the episodes of like WWE I've tried to watch, it just seems so much like more choreographed versus in like indie wrestling, it feels so much more like raw and like not less produced, obviously. Just seeing it like, seeing two guys like actually seem to fight. Oh, I agree, 100%. When I saw SummerSlam in Vegas, I was just like, you know, the WWE is home because this is what it, it's a Vegas show. <laughs> oh, it is. Because you have sports entertainment and you have professional wrestling. And it's two uh-huh. different. I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to get people to go like, say I'm a hater over WWE. It's, I'm just saying it's two different things. It really oh, I agree. Because I like to see like, okay, you like to see some pyro or some lights or whatever for show, whatever. But WWE has this 3D graphic out now that's like in <laughs> TV. I'm like, I don't want to see that. At some point, it's just going to be holograms of people. <laughs> but don't, don't put that over Vince. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the latest budget cuts. CM, CM. I'm trademarked, but you can't do it now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what? What do you think of some of the things when you see like a troll on Facebook or Twitter or something and it goes like wrestling's fake? The, 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 what, do you, what do you say? Do you just, just block them or do you ignore them? Or do you say, well, come in the rain and I'll crack your head open? Or what do you <laughs> um, I've seen posts like that just kind of in general. Because, um, like, obviously, like, I follow wrestling news. So, like, I'll see stuff like that and I just kind of ignore it. Um, because obviously trolls on the internet do not care like they're literally looking for reactions so I refuse to give it but I have been very thankful that I haven't received a lot of negative posts or comments about me um, I don't really know how I'd probably just block them if they do it like directly to my page I think people these days won't do it directly to your face <laughs> Father do it behind a keyboard because it can act tough. Look at me, keyboard. <laughs> and feel all special and you shake your head like, okay. I did a, a milestone this week and I wasn't sure if I was going to talk about this or not, which was um, to my 
work pages, I finally had creepy dudes start sending dick pics. So I've been having to go through and block a lot of people. So please quit doing that. I get, I get doing this. <laughs> but when you're, when you try to be a good guy and say like, hey, let's bring awareness, being love into the world, peace in the world. So you talk to different people and you start talking to like transgenders. And then you get your knuckleheads that thinking that I'm a sex freak and I would get dick pics too. <laughs> and it's more like, uh-huh. I, I, I just my wife go like, I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with it. And she would make fun of it and I'll race it and do all the time. But. I said, anytime I get one sent to me, I do show it immediately to my husband. <laughs> like, I'm like, hey, look at this guy. Wasn't <laughs> like, me. Hey, would this pickup line work on you? Yeah, that's good. It's pretty good. <laughs> ideas off of, don't you? Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so what is, what is the weirdest thing a fan has ever told you? Um, I don't know. Honestly, getting pic sent pictures is always really weird. Um, I... I've had a couple of people like it's not a particular thing they said it's just the fact that they sent 45 messages before I could look at my phone like they sent one and then all of a sudden I had like 45 other missed messages and then it's all from the same person just like updating me about their day and what they have going in their life and what they think of every single one of my pictures I've ever posted and wondering why I haven't responded back. Because you're on the road and <laughs> now like some people we know that's, you know, anyways, that's, <laughs> what do you, how do you, how do you handle that though? Do you just say like, dude, you gotta go. Or do you just like pat them on the heads? Like, it's okay. I just block, just block um, them. I just block them straight up. If someone sends me a message and they're like really polite, like I'll respond back, but. If it comes off as creepy, I just block them immediately. Yeah, sometimes when I message people, I feel like it's creepy. <laughs> I don't know who you are, but you want to come on my show? I feel like that's different because I've been invited to a couple of podcasts now, and all of those messages are basically the same. Sending the link to your show helps. Well, it's it comes off less creepy if you have an actual podcast like page. I've, I've, a long time ago, I just decided I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I just do not know. I know the record, upload. All I know. <laughs> Since like presentation or whatever, or what I say, it's just when I stop caring, it's been more enjoyable. And more people have been coming on and been coming on as repeats and everything. And I feel like not stressing and like about your products lets you enjoy it more which in turn makes people enjoy it more because yeah, i assume whenever it stressed you out the most like it also wasn't enjoying enjoyable to watch because people could see how like tense you were but now that you don't care it's just like a fun conversation they can join in on well my wife would say i don't care as much she's like <laughs> you still care you still <laughs> you don't obsess about it now so I'm i mean like, it's still your product of course you care but what do you think wrestling needs to start doing to get more fans? 
Um, that's a good, very good question. Um, I think just being more accessible and fan bases to be a more positive environment. People who aren't in the wrestling world are not going to want to give it a chance watching just people fight all the time online about like what company's better, like this person sucks, blah, blah, blah. Like it's very gatekeepy and makes it very hard for new fans to want to get into it. All right, so um, let me ask you this, 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 this ask you a sub question over this. Now, if someone goes like, I don't like WWE because like AEW is so much better, is that any worse than someone that's done their research about on this big man and knows all the things that he's done and been accused of, and you're saying, this guy's a bad dude? I think those two things are different. I think that having done research into it and realizing that, yeah, Vince McMahon is kind of a bad guy and has contributed a lot of negative things, possibly murder. Um, like- You said murder, not me. <laughs> you, said, you said murder, not me. <laughs> According to the rumors that I've heard. Um, but anyways, uh, the my main point was going to be that um sorry i got completely derailed and forgot what i was saying oh um having those like thoughts and opinions about something and like i won't watch this because like of things that the owner's done is different than just saying like this is better than this but I still think both have the connotation from the outside looking in that makes it really hard to want to like be a part of this. It's very similar to, to me anyways, how there was a big thing um, about like Star Wars. And if you weren't already a Star Wars fan, it was very hard to get into it because the fan base was so like toxic and didn't really allow people in because if you didn't know everything absolutely possible about it, like people would really shit on you for it. So it made it hard to get into it because um, obviously like it didn't feel welcoming, a welcoming environment. And I feel like wrestling can kind of do that in the same way where um, just so much negative negativity in the fan bases can make it really hard for someone looking on the outside wanting to come in. That's very well said. I know what you're talking. I know what you mean by that. Because I feel like that I still I feel so much more out there in professional wrestling other than WWE. Oh yeah. I definitely think that like obviously you should check out an indie show if you haven't. Um, support the local wrestlers, sufferies promotions that are in your hometown before like those wrestlers or personnel go on to be on TV. Like everyone kind of starts somewhere. So support the people when they're like just starting out or like they're in your hometown, like you know them, go out and support them versus spending like however many hundred hundreds of dollars to get a good seat at WrestleMania. 
I, it, dude, it's no other better feeling than watching TV and then you're like seeing someone that like I've had on the show on. <laughs> no other better, better feeling than that. Just like, no, it just, it feels good. It just makes me feel like, say, shit, you know, I got someone who's on TV on and this person wasn't here before, but when they were on the show, they did all indies, but now they're on TV. It's great and no better feeling. Yeah, definitely go find that indie wrestler who, um, like, whenever you go up to a meet them, like, they know your name. Like, they're going to remember you. So, like, when they're on TV, like, they're going to remember the time that you gave them a platform to, like, just let people get to know them. Or you walked up and, like, shook your hand and took a picture with them. Like, they're going to remember that versus someone who's already on TV. Like, they get a hundred of you you like every couple of hours like yeah yeah also if you go for the wwe bills and whistles talking about three four hundred dollars for the ticket that is a cool food a room that you have to get gas i went to an indie show that cost me three four hundred dollars and that got me a suite at the holiday inn the tickets the food <laughs> the, i got paid for everything the most like, indie shows to get in are like 10, 20 bucks, like cheaper than a movie half the time. Yeah, I think the more now it's to get a meet and greet, then it's like 30, 35, but it's a meet and greet. Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, not too long ago, there was an incident where a wrestler went absolute, I guess, bullshit and attacked the referee. Yeah, that was in Texas. Um I wasn't at the show, but um, one of the refs that had trained me was at that show. And it was um, a guy just, I don't know, like he went into business for himself basically, um, which means that like he went far beyond the scope of what was supposed to happen and decided to make himself seem like a tough guy. So he went to too far and actually attacked the guy and multiple people had to like get him off I mean not only attack a guy but he like took a spike to him or something did he not um he carved into his head with a railroad spike that's yeah, right there that goes beyond that goes beyond just attacking a referee yeah I guess from what I've heard from people that was there, there was a planned like ref bump, but um, that went far way beyond like what it was supposed to. Like how, how do you, is there a certain way you can communicate with the wrestlers if needed? Or do you just, just kind of like, you just dip in whenever you can? Um, uh, a lot of the times there's like, obviously like a crowd, there's like noise. So if something important going on, like, I just talk to them, like, I'm talking to you now, just like, hey, like this, or like, whatever the important information is. Um, or if yeah. someone's hurt, that's a big thing, because I've had two different matches where one of the wrestlers in it got a concussion. Mm. So I went to, I like had to check on them and then like, let the other person know, like, hey, like, this has to end, like, however you guys want to do it, like, whether you may call an X or if you want to like pin real quick, like it needs to be over. Is there like any like code or anything? Because it sounds like an awfully lot of things to say 
when you're in the middle of the ring and everyone's watching you. <laughs> I'm, uh, there's a little bit of a code, but it's mainly just like stop and they kind of get it. Like when I, like, um, like whenever a ref communicates with them, especially if I'm not like yelling it out loud for everyone to hear, wrestlers tend to take it serious because they know like it's vital information. Have there ever been a time where you've been like afraid being a referee? Um, as far as afraid for my safety, never. I never had any kind of incident like that, like what happened. But I've also never really taken a bump. Um, but being afraid to walk out there just because I'm really nervous has happened most times. What have you done in wrestling training so far? Um, honestly, a lot. I've been training for like eight months now. So I've done all the bumps. I've learned a decent amount of moves. I've been more working on my character recently than I've had um, been like, because I know most of the moves. So now I need to like figure out my character. Do you have any idea what your character is going to be? I have a couple of ideas that I'm going to use while I'm on the indies. But once I try to go bigger, I still haven't quite decided if I want to do that as a wrestler or a referee. Um, as far as right now, um, started like I had a practice match on Monday that was on live on Facebook if you want to check it out. Um, but here in the next couple of weeks, I have a couple of matches planned. And one of my gimmicks is that um, I'm basically like a luchador tiger. I have a tiger luchador mask that I wear. Um, and then, well, part, part, like I wanted to wear a mask, especially because not a, lot, not a lot of women, especially in America, wear a mask while they wrestle. So that really intrigued me. So I was trying to figure out how to do that. And with a mask, I can still ref shows like that I'm wrestling at the same promotion, which I was really looking forward to. But I also have a tag team gimmick with my sister where we're basically very bitchy, whiny princesses. And um, my grandma custom made us these like big giant skirts and um, our gear is like very sparkly and um, she had taken apart like prom dresses to make it so it's very much not like traditional wrestling type gear. Um, so my tag team gimmick is that I'm basically a princess with my sister and my husband dresses up as our butler and <laughs> we make him like hold the ropes open for us and hold our crowns, stuff like that. <laughs> That's really cool. That's very cool. I didn't know your sister was in the wrestling business. Yeah, she started training about a month or so after I did. See, was um, it just what you do? She, I think so. Um, she's not repping or anything yet. Um, she will have her first match in March. Um, when we are start our tag start tag teaming together, so I think she is really looking forward to it. 
So where do you see yourself in five years? In uh, five years, I hope to uh, have uh, worked, whether as a referee or a wrestler in AEW, and be planning my trip to Japan to wrestle or ref. Is that your main goal, Japan? Um, I would say main goal is definitely one of the top places I want to wrestle. Um, with Australia and England being two others I would really like to do. But Japan is just has this like essence about it of like, that's where you can go to learn a lot. Same thing with Mexico. I'm also very interested in traveling and working in Mexico. Japan and Mexico would kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, that's the point. I heard horror stories coming out of there, especially Japan, with those dojos and your brand new work, work training there. You got to do all the cleaning and everything. Eh, I'm good. <laughs> so, is there are there any wrestlers in Japan that you be interested in wrestling in? Like you, say, you look at it and be like, one day I'd like to wrestle that person. Probably um, Riho. She's wrestled and she was the AEW's women champion for a while. I know she still does a lot of work in Japan. So I think Rio or Shida, I'd really like to wrestle. What about Rio breaking her collarbone during that AEW match against Britt Baker? Yeah, I heard about that. It's, wrestling's dangerous, honestly. But she's broken at the beginning of the match and she did the whole match without anyone putting on that she's hurt. See, that's what Japan does to you. They break mm -hmm. you to the point where you break your collarbone and you're like, I'll fix it later. <laughs> that's what wrestling does to you, honestly. Obviously in Japan, they're a lot tougher than we are, but just wrestling in, in itself, you just kind of get trained that like the show must go on. So you just like power through. Absolutely, the show always must go on. So what do you have coming up event-wise? Um, my calendar. Um, Event-wise, depending on the weather, whether or not I'll make it down, I've got Red River in Sherman, Texas on this Friday. Next week, I've got Core Professional Wrestling in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I've got UWO on the 12th um, in Oklahoma City. Um, February 20th, which is a Sunday, I have an MPX taping, um, all the details of it were confirmed today and they're doing a um, free show because they're taping it for Peacock. Um, then the following Saturday, which is February 26th, I have XWE in Kansas. And where can everyone find you on the beautiful place called the social media world? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter and TikTok as robin.v.ref. You can find me on Facebook as Robin Head. And I think that's it. Well, Robin, I appreciate your time. <laughs> Thank you very much for coming on. I mean, you have a bright future and a great attitude. And I can't wait to see you get into the upper 
rankings like Impact, Ohio Valley. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for giving me this platform and opportunity to get to know you. Now, for watching like your promotions, are they is it on YouTube as well? Um, yeah, uh, you can definitely find promotions I've worked for on YouTube, including a battle royal I was in with Mission Pro Wrestling, which is Thunder Rose's company. Um, at their Halloween show, along with other matches I rest that night. But if you want to watch me wrestle, I wrestled in that. Definitely be checking that out then. And I want everyone to check it out as well. Robin, thank you very much for coming on. And we will keep in touch and see you around. Did I just lose you? Did I just lose you at the buzzard? At the buzzard. Oh, well. Well, I'm out. Technical difficulties at her end. I'm out. I'll see everyone later. Thank you very much, everyone. Killing the Business Wrestling Podcast is off the air. Goodbye and good night.